I wanted to continue with a series of messages on the letters to the Thessalonians. And so I am going to pick up starting in 2 Thessalonians today. And this will be part 7, even though we've taken a few weeks in between. Um, but I do want to uh, catch up and talk about some of the things that Paul was encouraging this church. And my title of my message today is Encouragement in Times of Trouble, which I thought was you know, very timely for the things that are happening in our world. But let me tell you this story uh, to begin with. A true story that uh, comes out of Hawaii. It was a while back, 1967. There was a man named John Texiera, uh, or I, I can't pronounce his name properly. He went simply by the nickname Tex. And he was a fisherman, and he definitely uh, believed in prayer. You see, he, back in 1967, he was fishing with a group of friends off of Molokai, and uh, he had let some of his friends go onto the island to do some hunting. But in the course of the day, the weather turned, and uh, ultimately, he needed to get in close enough to the island to be able to get his friends off the island, back onto the boat. But in the, in the course of that, uh, with the waves and the things that had happened there, they actually damaged the boat itself. And uh, unbeknownst to them, they had caused some uh, slow leakage in the bottom of the boat. And by the time that they had gotten off into some heavier or deeper water, uh, the boat was beginning to sink. And so this man, Tex, being the, the captain of his vessel, he basically could tell that the whole boat was a loss and he ordered everybody off into the water. Now at that point, they wondered if they would ever be found. Because the currents, the strong currents, because the weather had changed, was taking them out into open ocean. And they were in uh, desperate need. And in that desperate moment, Tex being the captain and the leader of this group said, we need to pray. We need to talk to God. And, and so he had a prayer meeting with all of his buddies in the inner tubes and the life jackets and the things that they had to stay afloat. And they began to pray. And they called on God to rescue them. And after the last man had finished praying, Tex looked up and he saw what he thought was a stick standing upright in the water. And uh, it was vertical. And so... He thought that it might be a, a, a buoy of some sort that marked a, a trap that maybe someone would come back and check. So they all began to paddle and swim towards what they thought was a marker. And then as they began to get closer, suddenly the stick began to move towards them. And all of a sudden there was a big whoosh and it felt like the ocean was dropping out from underneath them. And up comes a nuclear submarine. And uh, as they were floating in the water, of course, eventually the hatch opens on the submarine and a man uh, comes out and they're screaming and waving and they can't believe what has just happened because they have been rescued. And so they were taken on board of the submarine and were having a hot coffee and, and uh, getting some nourishment. And then the captain of the sub explained that although it was against his orders to be able to surface anywhere except for in Pearl Harbor, that he felt 
that something beyond his control was telling him he needed to surface, and he needed to surface now. And so when he obeyed that inner prompting to, to surface in his submarine, there were the stranded men in the ocean. And I tell you, that is why Tex, the captain of that fishing vessel, believes in prayer. All over the world, people are in trouble. They're in trouble from, from war. They're in trouble from their own decisions. They're in trouble sometimes because of natural disaster. And there can be a lot of different kinds of things that bring trouble into people's lives. And ultimately, when we experience trouble, as people of God, we should know that the first place we should go is to the Lord. We should be calling on God in times of trouble. Now, how many people actually do that, I can't tell you. I can just tell you that that's what we should do. And I would especially hope that Christians would know enough to call on God in the believing in prayer, believing in the encouragement that prayer can bring into their lives while they are enduring trouble. And so today as I talk about this second letter of Thessalonians and we look into the kind of difficulties that this church was going through, uh, I want to remind you that it is about Paul being able to encourage them. He wanted to lift them up. He wanted to help them in their difficulty. Now, let me just recap a little bit. If you don't remember where Thessalonica is on the map, uh, Paul was on his missionary journey and he had that vision from God that he should go to Macedonia. So he was in Asia, which is present-day Turkey, was in a port. He had the vision. They sailed into Macedonia, just a little to the north. And then they began to minister in the different towns. And in Philippi, he got in trouble, got thrown in jail. You know, the jailer got saved, his whole household, after a big earthquake. And it was kind of a real chaotic time. And then after that happened, the church was established there in Philippi. He moved on to some other towns, came to Thessalonica. And in the midst of his regular routine, he would go into the synagogue and talk to the Jews about the things that had happened and who Jesus is as the Messiah. Now, some of the people there in Thessalonica believed he could, he could talk about the Scriptures, he could talk about the prophecies, and they, they believed that Jesus was who Paul said he was. And a church was established, but there were some Jews that were very jealous about the attention that Paul and his group of missionaries was getting from all the others, and they created a riot in the city. And it was only a few weeks that he had been there, and literally were chasing Paul and uh, Silas and the others that were with him uh, out of the city. Now, Paul had done a number of, of teaching with the church, but can you imagine your discipleship for your Christian life is three weeks long? Don't you think you'd have a few questions about things coming and that's exactly what the church, they had questions about it. And so, while Paul was moving on to other cities, he was moving towards Athens and Corinth in Greece to minister the Word of God there, he sent people back. Timothy was one of those that went back to Thessalonica, talked to the church, helped them, 
And in the course of Timothy traveling back and forth, they had more questions. And they especially had some questions about the day of the Lord, the second coming of Christ. And we'll talk a little bit about that today, but some more, some more next week, like we did in 1 Thessalonians when Paul began to answer some of those questions. I want you to know that Paul's intent was to encourage and help them. Starting verse 1 of chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. And God will use this persecution to show His justice and to make you worthy of His kingdom for which you are suffering. In His justice, He will pay back those who persecute you. And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with His mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. When He comes on that day, He will receive glory from His holy people. Praise from all who believe, and this includes you, for you believed what we told you about Him. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. The church was in trouble. I mean, they were being persecuted. And we're not just talking about the kind of trouble that comes along because uh, there's difficulties in the economy. We're not talking about the kind of trouble uh, when people uh, you know, have their hydro cut off. We're talking about the kind of trouble that was persecution because of what they believed. Religious persecution. They were suffering at the hands of those who did not believe in Jesus. They were suffering because of their faith. And the Jews who were jealous of the, the church, were jealous of what Paul had taught, began to incite others that had no faith at all to come against the church and against the Christians. And so this, this young, troubled church were fighting to not only stay together, but really to just stay alive. To be able to live and have a livelihood in that city. And so Paul writes to them to encourage them that they would stay strong, that they would be faithful to God. And so he provides some encouragement by teaching, by sending Timothy, and through these letters. So 
how did Paul encourage the church? What was he saying? Well, one of the things I wanted to mention to you this morning was that Paul encouraged the church through a compliment of their love towards one another. You see, he says that right at the beginning. Your love is growing. Your faith is doing well. You are being faithful. You are caring for one another. And, and this not only was evident to what was happening in the city, but Paul was saying, look at this church. They're going through this kind of suffering, and yet they are maintaining this love for one another that is deep and important and caring. And he was using them as an example to the other churches he was teaching. And so he complimented them. He said, I am encouraging you. Keep on growing in your faith. Keep on growing in your love and how God is using you. Even in the midst of persecution, that God would be using them in their faithfulness. Now, it's hard when you're going through a struggle. It's hard when you're going through a tough time to think that you could be an example to someone else. Obviously, that is not primary in your mindset. Right? Lots of times you're just going, I just need to hold on. I just need to be able to survive this. I need to get through this tough time. But don't neglect the fact that God can use even times of trouble for the benefit of someone else. I mean, even when we look into the Old Testament and we see the things that the, the people of Israel went through, the reason that we have it recorded is to be an example to us so that we can learn from their mistakes and be encouraged by their victories. We say God was moving amongst them and we can be built up because of that. And this is the same thing with this church in Thessalonica. They were doing as well as they could and, you know, spiritually, they were doing excellent. And so Paul tells them that. You're doing well. The second thing I wanted to mention to you today is that Paul encouraged the church towards faithfulness by appealing to God's justice. Now, he had already talked about the coming of Christ and told them that when Jesus, or what it was going to be like when Jesus uh, came back from heaven on the clouds with the trumpet sound, all of those things. But here, because of the suffering that they're going through, Paul talks about the day of the Lord. He talks about the return of Jesus in terms of justice. And he says, those that are persecuting you are going to be held to account. That even though you're going through a struggle at the moment, there will be justice when Jesus returns. That he will set things in order. And that is something that I know can be a hard thing to wait for. If you've ever had to go through a court case or if you've ever had to wade through uh, the waiting for justice to come about, you understand how hard it is to emotionally go through that time of waiting. You know, when will they make a decision? When will justice come? When will the truth come out? All of those questions run through your mind. But ultimately... The church needs to encourage itself, and I'm talking about the church worldwide, that when Jesus returns, there will be justice on the earth. 
And that Paul very plainly tells them that there will be a judgment both of good where the the saints of God will rise up and praise Him and bless God's name. But those that have come against the Lord God Almighty will be separated. And that there will be an eternal consequence. The coming of Christ really is a hope in justice fulfilled. That it will come and take place. The third thing I wanted to tell you about Paul's letter and what he was trying to do in encouraging them was to encourage them through prayer. Now sometimes we treat this a little too lightly where we say, oh yes, you're going through a tough time, I'll pray for you. And then we go home and we forget all about it. I don't want you to forget all about it. Paul did not forget about the Thessalonian church. And he prayed for them probably a lot more than is recorded in, in uh, print. But he did put his prayer in print. And he told them, this is what I'm praying for you. This is how I am praying for you in the midst of your difficulty, in your time of trouble. I'm praying that you will receive God's calling and live up to the calling that God has for you. I'm praying that you will have the power to live in faith. I'm praying that you will live a life honoring to Christ. Everything that you do. And so he uses this written form, this prayer, to lift up the church, to build them up, to encourage them. And he wanted them to know that God is involved. God is there with them. In the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their difficulties. And this is the main point of my message today. It's like, move into this application part of what it means to us. The main point, when you see people in trouble, you have a role to play in their lives by using the opportunity to encourage. You can encourage others. You can help others in the midst of their distress, their times of trouble. Even when we're in trouble, we can encourage and help others. And we need to be having that attitude, looking towards the opportunity to lift other people up. Once upon a time, there was a boy who went into a shop that had a sign in the window that said, Puppies for Sale. The man inside the shop showed the boy five little puppies who had just been weaned from their mother and were ready to be finding a new home. And the boy said to the shop owner, how much are they? The man replied, oh, some of, them are, some of them are $500, and some of them are more. The boy reached into his pocket, and he pulled out a few bills, some change that he had there, and he said, I, I have uh, $12.52. And the shop owner said, I cannot sell you a puppy for $12.52. You'll have to save your money and come back later when I have some, some other puppies for sale. And just then, the store owner's wife came out of the back carrying a small puppy. A little puppy, smaller than the others, and it, it had a bit of a bad leg and it, it limped when it walked. And the boy said to the store owner, what's wrong with that puppy? 
well, the vet said that the hip socket didn't form quite right and that puppy will always limp when it walks. It probably won't really be able to run. And the boy's eyes lit up in that moment and said, that's the puppy that I choose. I want to buy that puppy. And the store owner said, well, that puppy's not for sale. It has a bad leg. And, and uh, he said, but you know what? I could give you this puppy. And the boy became offended. He said, no, I don't want you to give me this puppy. That puppy is just as valuable as all the other puppies. And that puppy deserves to be bought just like all of the other ones. I, I want to pay for this puppy. He said, I have $12.52. And every week I will come in and give you another $10 in order to pay for this puppy. And the store owner was a little perplexed by this whole, whole thing, the, the situation that was developing. He said, you know, I, I don't want you to spend your money on, on this, you know, little lame puppy. He said, he's never going to be able to run. He's never going to be able to play with you like the other puppies could. And then the boy rolled up his pant leg, revealing a prosthetic limb. And he said, I don't run or play too well myself. And I figure this little puppy is going to need someone like me who understands. That is a picture of Jesus and his attitude towards us when we are in trouble. Jesus understands. He died on a cross, suffering in his body, shedding his own blood. He knows what suffering is like. He knows what trouble is when people look down on you. He knows what it means when people are against you. But even in the midst of those circumstances, he decided to endure the suffering of the cross. He agreed to go to the place where his blood would be shed for the sin of mankind. He understands. He understands what it means to go through trouble because he also understands what it means to have victory over the trouble. And so he conquered death and the grave, rose from the dead in order to bring people into eternal life. To know the blessing of God more than any other thing to bring people into the reality of it. I tell you, the church of Jesus Christ has a message of encouragement. We have the message of good news that can help people in the midst of their difficulties. There's so much more we could say. And what I'm asking you is, will you take the opportunity to encourage others with what you know 
about Jesus. People are facing difficulty on all kinds of fronts. But there are those in the world that are facing difficulty from religious persecution. There are places in the world where for some reason those that live in various towns and cities decide that they don't want a church there and they burn it down. That they don't want a preacher there and so they kill him and his family. Those are desperate times. Very difficult trouble for the church to go through. They need encouragement. As we heard this morning, there are people that are going through all kinds of struggles because of war. I wish I could say that Ukraine was the only place in the world that it was happening, but it actually isn't. There's conflict in numbers of other places as well. And there's people that have suffered through. They need encouragement and help. And those that are believers in the midst of those circumstances need to be lifted up and encouraged. And so when we see what the Polish churches is doing, what they are doing to help the people of Ukraine, we need to encourage those people. When we see the Russian churches that are actually opposed to the war trying to figure out how do they survive, how do they struggle through the difficulties that they're going through. They need encouragement. How do we give opportunity for those things, right? Sometimes, for those that are discouraged, we need to take the opportunity to give a kind word, a relevant scripture. We need to pray for them. We need to spend time hearing them. And there are times when we literally need to share. We need to share with those that are in need. And I believe that at Times you have taken those opportunities to do those very things, but do not stop now. The coming of the Lord is meant to help people look forward to a time when the trouble will be accounted for, for the difficulties will come to an end, and that there will be a judgment. But until that time, while we do look forward to the blessing of God, we need to remember that we are encouraging people, helping them through their difficulty representing Jesus in all the ways that we can. And of course, we cannot discount the effect of prayer. Whether we are praying for people that are uh, overseas, whether praying for people in the city, whether they're a stranger or a friend, we need to keep on talking to God about those that are in trouble. You know, as I come to the end of this message, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. I simply tell you this. We need to lift people up. And when we have the attitude of lifting people up, taking every opportunity that we have, then we are doing the work of God. We are being the church of Jesus Christ to fulfill what He has called us to do. So do not stop encouraging others Lifting them up in every possible way.